We have been going through the books of 1st, 2nd, and now 3rd John. And with the, with the Lord's help tonight, we will be completing the book of 3rd John tonight. Um, and uh, so, let's just kind of review with you here the context of each of the books of the Bible that we find John writing about is that of truth and love and obedience. And uh, in every book of the Bible that we find of, of all three of these books, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, they speak much on truth, much on love, and much on that obedience is walking in truth and walking in love. And you remember 2nd John, as we studied last week, um, is a letter which is written to uh, the elect lady the Bible describes, and some would debate of whether or not that is a literal lady or if it is uh, speaking of the church. I personally believe it's speaking of the church, the body of the church. There are, uh, there are other good reasons to think otherwise, and as we said last week, uh, this is not a reason to divide our church over your opinion and my opinion, but let us understand the context or the message, should we say, of what John is trying to write about. And um, uh, really last week we talked a lot about the idea of unity. And because he spoke much on the, the fact of the church uh, as, that's walking in truth and walking in, in love is one that is uh, doing it together. And go back and read the book of 2 John if you haven't already. And, uh, but 3 John is where we're at tonight, and let's look together in verse number 1. The Word of God says, The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren, and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth crowding against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Demetrius hath good report of all men, and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear a record, and ye know that our record is true. I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee. But I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee, our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. I've entitled the message tonight, The Reputation of Walking in Truth and Love. The Reputation of Walking in Truth and Love. If you were to divide the book of 3 John into three different divisions, you would, could really rightfully divide it according to the names which are mentioned in the book of 3 John. Uh, there are only four names that are mentioned. The elder in verse 1, which we know to be John himself. Gaius in verse 1, who is called the well-beloved. Then Diotrephes in verse 9. And in verse 12, we have Demetrius. And those divisions really give us a reputation of what each of these men had. And the, the application which can be had to us is that we would have uh, that same type of reputation, or in the case of Diotrephes, that we would not have that reputation as a, as a uh, Christian. You see, the person who is walking in truth and love has a reputation for it. Others will see it by not just hearing it in their words, but they'll see it 
by the deeds in which they're doing. And so uh, I want to bring you to these three different men that, we, that uh, are spoken of by John. The first of those found in verse number one. The Bible says, the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius. Uh, notice how he describes him in verse two. He calls him again, beloved. In verse five, again, he calls him beloved. The entire letter in itself is written to Gaius, and he is referred to as a beloved brother in Christ. And why so? Well, I truthfully believe that uh, in the context, and we'll look at it together, I believe this is one of John's converts. I believe he's one Gaius to Christ. And the way in which he's writing to him would, would seem to, to get off, give off that uh, reasoning. Uh, but I will say on the other side, if it was not one of his converts, he has written all of his books up to this point, speaking of the beloved brethren, or in this case also children, little children, and uh, remember referring to the level of maturity of the Christians. And the book of 1 John speaks much of that, the, the level of maturity of the Christians. And he says again, uh, you know, in verse 4, I have, I have great, no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Uh, he's referring again to a new child in Christ, and in this case, he's referring to Gaius. And again, I would believe that to be um, one of his new converts. But um, he's the one to whom this letter is written to. And uh, again, he is the one that is likely had been won to Christ by John. And we see John's love for him, um, uh, and the very fact that Gaius is known for being a person who loves others just the same. Uh, the Bible says, uh, my well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. What do we see of, of um, this man who has a reputation of love, this man Gaius? And that would be the first point that I've given to myself, a reputation of love. Uh, Gaius was, number one, a spiritually healthy Christian. He was a spiritually healthy Christian. In verse 2, uh, he speaks of his health and what it appears to be in one of two ways, both his physical health and his spiritual health. Some would believe that Gaius is possibly even sick at this time when he says that thou mayest prosper and be in health, that being referring to his physical health, and yet even as they soul prosperous, that being referred to in this case of his spiritual health. Again, do we know that's exactly what it is? We don't, but we know this much that he says that as his soul prospereth, referring to his Christian life, he is a spiritually healthy individual. He's growing. He's making strides in his Christian life. He's making progress in his Christian life. May I say that should be a reputation that we have to other Christians. Amen? That should be also the reputation that we have to the non-Christian. And, and that is why we even see him to be in verse 5, uh, one that uh, was faithful. And verse 5 says that uh, he was to the brethren and to the strangers, both to the Christian and to the non-Christian. He had a reputation, and that first of these things, as we're talking about, of one who was growing in Christ. Um, again, I talked to the teenagers tonight. Hey, um, teenagers, do your parents, do your friends see you taking strides in your Christian life? Do they see you progressing and growing? Uh, I speak to you that are maybe second generation or third generation. Uh, do, does your family see you taking strides of growth and maturity in your Christian life? Uh, that not only are you following in the pattern that was laid uh, before you by your parents, but that you are taking steps of obedience to the Lord on your own. Or maybe in this case, uh, as a husband and a wife together, as a family with one another. And so a, a reputation of love has to do with the idea of a, a one who is spiritually healthy, because one who is spiritually healthy can't help but love. 
because they love Christ so much, now they're growing in Christ, and they can't help but love others just the same. Um, in Proverbs 22, in verse 1, the Bible says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. The, the Word of God speaks of that good name. There is, there is no uh, greater name to have than a good name that is spoken of, of a reputation of Christ. Uh, it is more valuable and is more worthy of possessing than anything else that can be found upon this earth. And there's nothing worse, by the way, than an individual who, who is hurting the very name of Christ. Or the individual who is hurting another person's name <laughs> uh, for the name of Christ. Um, a good name is something that is earned by reputation. And in this case, uh, it has to do with our spiritual growth. Um, the, a reputation is something which is earned. You, do, you don't just get it overnight. Uh, and that good name is to be a name not, as, that, not that is spoken of for who you are, but for who Christ and what Christ has done in your life. Uh, a person who ruins their reputation, as we would say, is a person who uh, um, is, clearly, uh, make, is making it clear before others that their spiritual growth is not what it should be. Uh, others should see clear strides. I say to you again, what kind of reputation do you have? Uh, it should not be said of the Christian, uh, as, you're, as you would be known to be a Christian, it should not be that your name is coming uh, along with sins for who you are. You say, well, I, I can't help the mistakes that I made, Pastor Miller. I'm trying to live right right now. Well, you've got a, you've got a good name to build back up. <laughs> you've got a reputation to build back up for Christ. And you should be making clear evidence that you are making those strides of, of growth and uh, desire to obey God. Um, words mean nothing uh, when, when there's no steps of obedience. And that's why the Bible says walking in truth and in love. Christian, if you are truthfully walking in truth and love, others will see it. They will see it by the way that you're living your life. They will see that you are, tr you are doing the best that you can. Um, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, the Bible says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. So we're speaking to have a name that is blameless. Uh, because at the end of the day, it is not our name that we're seeking to uh, be heard, but it's the name of Christ. Amen? Can I remind you tonight that when the day that you received Christ, you received a new name, written down in glory. And... It is yours, but God forbid that we would take the name of God and we would hurt his name. Uh, the good name is speaking of the name of Christ uh, as a result of our uh, obedience to God as we're walking in truth and walking in love. And what is that truth? Remember, we talked about it the last several weeks. The truth is the word of God. Uh, a walking is speaking of the literal action. So we're putting into action the truth, the truth of God's word. And we're putting into action love because we love God Therefore, it causes us to walk in truth, and therefore we can't help but love others. Because we've understood the principle, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. 1 John chapter 1, uh, that we have now have fellowship with him. The truth be told, as John says, we call God a liar. I say that again, we call God a liar. When we, when we portray ourselves to be walking in truth and love, but in reality we're doing the complete opposite. Christian, you should not, you, you, your name should be one, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but it should be one of genuine uh, living for God. Uh, the person you are behind the scenes uh, as the person you are in front of others should be the same person. 
It, it, we're, we're talking about a level of integrity, but we're talking about a level of obedience. The person that you are alone in your bedroom, the movies that you watch, the things you surf on the internet, uh, the, the, the conversations that you have with others, uh, does it speak well of the name of Christ? The, the Bible speaks of that good name. The Bible speaks of one who is spiritually healthy and it's so directly connected to that name of Christ. I gave you the second thing that the Bible tells us of Gaius, that he obeyed the word of God or he walked in that truth. And this is what John says, For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in me. Others came to me and told me of your testimony. They told me of your reputation. Even as thou walkest in truth, and he says, I have no greater joy than to know that, uh, that a child of God has been won to Christ as a result of seeing the truth in God's word. This is what he's, he's speaking of here. He's not talking about his own children. He's talking about Gaius. I'm rejoicing in the fact that I'm seeing people obeying God, obeying his word. And by the way, there, there is nothing, uh, el no other kind of spirit that is brought to any Christian than to see other fellow Christians obeying the Lord and loving the Lord and walking in obedience of the Lord. Amen? What a thrill it is to see someone who comes to know Jesus Christ and when they receive Christ, you start to see them respond. Then you start to see them uh, uh, get busy for God. You start to see them answer the questions in Sunday school. You start to see them uh, you know, sit on the edge of their seat, writing, taking notes in the, in the midst of a sermon. You hear them singing and they can't carry a tune in the bucket, but boy, they're singing their heart out. And, and you know at the end of the day, this is, the, this is evidence that they're walking in truth and love. God has changed their life. And so there is, there is a clear evidence that he was walking in truth. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13, the Bible says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as word of men, but, as, uh, uh, but it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also unto you that believe. In James 1 verse 23 and 24, uh, we see a reference which is being made from the book of Matthew in Jesus' words himself. Uh, a, we are not to be hearers of the word, but doers, just the same. You remember when Jesus taught that principle, he, he told the story of the wise man who built his house upon a rock. Because uh, the, the Christian who is walking in truth and love is the wise man. The Christian who is walking in truth and love, and now they can't help but obey, they're building their life upon a solid foundation. Amen? The Bible tells us we are to be hearers and doers of the word. Number three, Gaius, uh, the Bible tells us, uh, tells us that he shared what he had. Uh, I describe it this way. He had a ministry. <laughs> we just talked about this on Sunday, but uh, he had a ministry. Look at what verse 5 says. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. You're ministering both to the Christians and to the non-Christians. You're encouraging them. You're, you're, your heart is open to them. Your hands are open to them. Verse 6, it describes it more which ye have borne witness of thy charity, or my, thy love, before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. If you study the, the original Greek, you would find those words bring forward, speak in reference to a giving of something financially, or giving of something which possesses to him. Uh, uh, what we find of Gaius, he was a man who opened his heart, and his hands up to both the Christian and to the non-Christian to be an encouragement and a blessing of love and of truth to everyone that he possibly could. Amen? When you have a reputation of walking in love and truth, you can't help but share it. Amen? You can't help but give it to others. And Christian, 
this should be the reputation that we have, a reputation of love. That especially to the Christian, or the Bible calls it the household of faith, especially to the Christians, we are sharing the love of Christ. And yet the same to the non-Christian. You know, one of, the, one of the reasons that we are doing our, our outreach to our law enforcement is while some would know Christ, yet the very likeliness of some of the, our own Norfolk police officers of not having ever received Jesus Christ is pretty high. And our responsibility as Christians is to love both the brethren and the stranger. Amen? This is who's being referred to here in this passage, both the Christian and the non-Christian. Um, so look at verse number 7. The Bible says, Because that for his name's sake they went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles. Uh, that which they gave to their fellow Christians was, uh, was not something which was raised or which was given by the public. Um, You've got to remember how John is writing, it's different than that of Paul, where we see Paul writing in so many instances and clarifying that you know, there's nothing different than the Gentiles and us. Not that John himself was racist, but the Gentiles were a different people group. They were not God's chosen people. And so uh, as John is writing this, he refers to the Gentiles. It is my belief that he's referring specifically to the fact, again, of the context of giving. So there were others who were giving also as a result of his giving. But the people who were giving were, it was not like they went you know, outside of the Walmart and they said, hey, uh, give to the Christian, give to the non-Christian. No, their, their offerings and their giving was from fellow believers, fellow believers in Christ. And, and by the way, that's how it should be. Uh, the Christians should be the ones who are giving to other Christians. And we're not just talking about finances, giving of our time, giving of our talents, and giving of our finances in that very same way. We believe in world missions here at Community Bible Church. Amen? It should be seen as a responsibility of ours to care and to take care of our missionaries, to pro provide the necessary support, that it would be one that is given liberally. It is not given specifically, but it's given liberally. Uh, we're, we're simply just giving to the very extent of the fact that there are people on the mission field getting the gospel out to those who've never heard. Amen? And so... Uh, may we be people who share what we have. We have a ministry, and a ministry to both the Christian and the non-Christian. Notice the second man that is mentioned in this passage of Scripture, uh, where uh, we find Gaius having a reputation of love, yet we find a man by the name of Diotrephes a, who had a reputation of pride. A reputation of pride. This is quite the opposite of that which was just uh, read a moment ago. Look at verse, um, uh, let me see here, verse number 9. Um, actually, verse 8, the Bible says, We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. So he's saying we ought to do as, we should do as uh, Gaius uh, had done. He was a fellow helper. We should be a fellow helper also. Uh, verse 9, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, received us not. There's not many other times you find the word preeminence mentioned in the Word of God, but one would undoubtedly stick out in our minds as Christians is Colossians 1 verse 18, that in all things he, that being God, might have what? The preeminence. God is to be before all things. As God is literally before all things, so spiritually and physically he is to be before all things in our life. But here we find a man within the church, he wanted to have the preeminence. He wanted to have it his way. My way or the highway. <laughs> this is the way that I want to do it. 
And if you don't hear my voice, I will make it heard. This is the type of man that Diotrephes was. Uh, he was the opposite of John the Baptist. John chapter 3, verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. No, in Diotrephes' mind, I must increase. They have not heard my voice. I must be heard. May it not be said of us that we have a reputation as Diotrephes, that we would seek to be heard uh, uh, even higher than the very name of Christ. You remember John the Baptist himself, uh, the reason why he could say he must in increase, because what was he always saying? Behold the Lamb of God. He said, I am not the Christ. I am not even worthy to come before Christ. I, I, I don't even deserve uh, all that I have, and I don't even deserve to be who that I am. Uh, behold the Lamb of God. See God through me. See that the reason why I walk in truth and in love is because of what God has done my, in my life. See that the very reason why I'm obeying God and, and preaching the truth to you is because I love you in Christ. I can't help but love God and love you at the same time. They come together. This was the reputation that John had, and yet the opposite of that of Diotrephes. The Bible tells us uh, that of this man, Diotrephes, what kind of man was he? Well, what did he do to John? The Bible tells us he lied about John in verse 10. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, pratting against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. One way to conclude it is, this was a very discontent individual. And the only way he could get his voice heard was by talking about others behind their back. The only way he could get his voice heard was by saying things uh, about someone else that was not true. And the problem that was within the church is that others were believing that lie. And so John is making it clear that this is the type of reputation that we should not have. Uh, the, the Word of God says in um, uh, verse number 10, uh, pratting against us with malicious words. They were words that were not meant to increase or benefit the work of God but yet rather decrease the very name of Christ. They were not bringing glory to Christ, but yet they were tearing apart the very work of God. And um, uh, the Bible tells us not only did he lie about John, but he rejected John's associates. In, in verse 10, the word of God continues. He says, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren. It was this guilty by association sort of mentality. Well, uh, because, uh, because I don't agree with John, so if you are friends with John, uh, you know, if Tanner's my, my friend, well, I'm not going to talk to uh, say anything good about Tanner either. Neither am I even going to talk to him. Uh, this is the type of man that Diotrephes was. Uh, I, I'm not going to receive John. I'm not going to receive any others that are, are with him. Um, my pastor in Texas used to say, cast out the scorner. When there's a scorner, cast out the scorner because the scorner will only keep... Uh, pulling everyone else his direction and tearing other people apart. And um, th th this, is, this is the type of man in which he was. And um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we can disagree on some things, but we can agree on the doctrines of the faith, that which we know to be true according to the Word of God. Amen? And as John says, go back and read the book of 2 John. It is these things which should bring us close to get closer together. Look at 2 John in verse number um, uh, 3. He, he speaks of these three things that are within the Christian life that every Christian has. Grace, mercy, and peace. Who do we get that from? From God. But this is the commonality which we all have with one another. We have grace, we have mercy, and we have peace. And so therefore, that should be that which is drawing us closer together. That should be that which uh, we are... Um, uh, having a unity 
amongst one another because of. Uh, not because you play golf and I do also. Not because uh, you, know, you are an outdoor person and I am also. Not because you like to read uh, some type of a book and I, and I like to read those books. <laughs> you know, the, the things which are drawing us together are not things of this world, but they are the things of God. Because we're both walking in truth and love. Amen? You see, the problem with, with um, uh, what, what the world has caused our minds to think is we start categorizing our friendships or people that relate with us best. But every Christian has a relation. Amen? We all have that in common. We, we all have Christ. We all have salvation. And it is that which should bind us together. It is that which should draw us together. Someone says, well, look at their sin. Well, look at all of our sin. We've all got sin, right? That which we have because of Christ is that which should draw us closer together. And so what we find of this man, Diotrephes, is he would not receive. He, he, would, he would lie. Uh, he rejected those who were um, uh, uh, closest to John. And the Bible tells us he disciplined those who disagreed with him. I, I was very tempted to, get to rabbit trail much further along this line because I think this brings up a, a, an important point to understand of the discipline that takes place within the church. It is God's intent that the church uh, be um, the, the, give the discipline within the church. It is not left to uh, the hands of one man or one woman. Uh, while sometimes, uh, unfortunately, we can develop mentality that my voice must be heard, and, and, and I've got to speak it out this way. But um, John says it this way in verse 10 concerning Diotrephes. He said, He forbiddeth them that would and casteth them out of the church. They need to get out of the church. <laughs> I don't like what they're saying. Isn't this amazing? Some of these things are in Scripture. It's, it's, to me, it's like you read the book of 3 John, and it's like, it, it's, this was all in here? I had no clue this was here, you know? And, um, but here he is trying to do his own shared discipline within the church. Uh, and I specify again, it is not the pastor. It is not uh, the layman. It is not the deacons. It is the church that does the discipline. Go and read the books of 1 and 2 Corinthians. You find the structure of the church, and the discipline given within the church, and the order and the way in which God intended for those things to be. And uh, I'm praying about maybe we'll look together in the book of 1 Corinthians of all the, the great things that are found within that passage of Scripture. It touches on much of the body of the church and the structure of the church, but Understand that there is, a clear, uh, there is a clear wrong and a hurting of the name of Christ. And there is a, uh, a, a reputation which should not be had for the individual who seeks to be like Diotrephes. We should not only choose not to have a part of it, but we should never seek to become as he, he uh, was in this passage of Scripture. And that is exactly what uh, John says in verse number 11. He says, Beloved, Follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. The evil which he's talking about is Diotrephes. Every work of this man is doing nothing but harm to the church. It's doing nothing but harm to the very name of Christ. Don't befriend them. Don't accept them. Don't welcome them in. This is, this is not a, a benefiting the very ministry of God. And this should not ever be the type of person you are seeking to become like. I wish I could say that every church has perfect people and you'll never find diatrophies within the church. But there, there will, Satan has a way of uh, these types of people creeping in. And by the way, uh, is Diotrephes not a Christian? Well, we don't know that within this passage of Scripture. But I believe he very likely could have been. I believe he very likely knew the Lord, but he wasn't walking in truth and love. And therefore, because he wasn't walking in truth and love, he couldn't love the brethren. 
He couldn't talk and speak highly of the other brother and his sister and in Christ. He only could speak that which was negative because he had so determined in his mind of pride that my voice must be heard. This is a reputation that must not be had, and it must not be had of our church. I give you the third thing, a reputation of integrity. And this is the, that which is good that John refers to in verse number 11. Uh, Follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of who? God. But he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Again, John touches on this very idea. How can you truly say, I, I think he's pretty more or less saying it this way. You with me, Tanner? He's more or less saying it this way. How can you truly say that you know Christ, that you love the Lord, that you're obeying the Lord, and do these things? Uh, John is not calling Diotrephes a liar. Not, John is not saying you are not a Christian, but he's saying, truth be told, if you're actually walking in truth and love and obeying God, you wouldn't be doing those things. May I say, Christian, uh, whether you call yourself a Christian or you believe that you are a Christian or you are a Christian, examine your life to ask yourself this. Are you sowing that which is good or that which is evil? Because Diotrephes was sowing that which was evil. The opposite to that is Demetrius. In fact, we find, although Gaius is the one to whom the letter is written to, Demetrius' name, it seems to be lifted up in such a way, not as though he was a perfect individual, but he was one that was so excellent and worthy of following. He had a good name. He had a good reputation. And again, remind yourself, he is speaking to Gaius himself. So this is a person to whom you are to imitate. Um, what, what does the Bible tell us of Demetrius? Verse 12, he hath good report of some men. Is that what it says? Of all men. You know, the Bible describes the, even the qualifications, that of a deacon. And one of those things that, are, that is found is having a good report. They're spoken well of. They have a good reputation. Um, I've spoken to men and even seen in the, in the previous ministry which I served in, some men just don't believe that they could possibly ever be worthy to accept the position uh, of a deacon. And uh, I will say there are qualifications to serve the role as a deacon. But uh, at the end of the day, when the Bible speaks of a good report, it is not talking about a perfect person. So, some of you men are here, you've not even considered, nor would you consider, the ever possibility of serving on the deacon board. Um, why? I, don't, it, I would consider that a privilege. If the church would desire and ask you to be a deacon within the church, that means you have a good name. That means you're well spoken of. And that is, that is a name that is, that is not to be um, uh, taken lightly. And uh, it should be an honor and seen as an honor. And, and, and again, I say, if you have not served, or maybe you are currently serving, I remind you, it is a privilege and an honor to serve uh, as, a, as a deacon because it is a respected position. And I believe that that can be said of what John is saying about Demetrius. Though he's not saying he's a deacon, he's saying he was a respected individual. He was one worthy of following. And, and I, I'm glad I can say this of, of the, the men on our deacon board, uh, since we're on topic of it. No, they're not perfect men. I'm not a perfect pastor. Uh, but they are men of a good report. And all God's people said, Amen. I, I, I would say that undoubtedly, and I know that of the church, that they, these men have been even voted in. Men of good report, of good reputation. And these are to be not just, they are not the head of the church, but they are to be people who are to be followed. Sometimes the, the people of good report, whether deacon or a layman within the church, they get looked at like they are the authority. 
uh, I, I have a problem. I need to come to the deacon. Well, uh, the, the, there is the structure of the, 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 the order within the church, but may I remind you that um, the, the God has simply clarifying in his word when we consider the role of a deacon. It is simply uh, a, uh, the, what is the role of a deacon? It is simply to um, help encourage the pastor um, to benefit the ministry of the church. Where do you find them in the book of Acts? They are uh, helping the, the widows that are there and, and the, the needs that are there. Uh, they, they were not the people that, um, that we find in the book of Acts that were said to be run to every time that there's a problem. <laughs> and, and uh, hey, I'm speaking to our church here as your pastor. Um, God, uh, not, not saying that I am greater than, but God has placed me as your pastor, the under-shepherd of this church, and I would trust as your pastor that you would believe me as your pastor to have a good enough name that if there were a problem within the church, that you would be able to seek out the pastor and the deacons, just the same. Um, uh, but when we speak of a good name, um, you know, somebody says, well, their name is, uh, you know, their, their name is hurt. Well, that, that doesn't give you the right to speak against them. And whether a deacon or not a deacon, uh, it never, does, never is there ever an excuse given in the Word of God for a reason why we should, we should speak badly of another individual. And if there is a problem, and, and God forbid, I'm not wishing this upon our church, but if there is a problem of somebody uh, that is to have a good name and, and has hurt their name or the name of Christ and the name of this church, uh, that is to be something that is made known to the leadership, and in this case, the pastor. If it was myself and an associate pastor, I would say the pastoral leadership. Uh, but it should be uh, to the, 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 the order of God's church in that fashion, the pastor and, and the, the, the leadership, the deacons, I really specify it more, the layman within the church. And it should not be of a discussion uh, within, but it should be of a problem-solving effort. Sometimes we approach things just like Demetrius approached them, and we, we try to be the one who's casting out. You know? we're, we're the one who's taking care of the problem. Uh, but God has in, intended for there to be an order within the church that all things be done decently and in order. And um, again, I'm getting a little bit rabbit-trailed on this, but understand, we're talking about a good reputation. And all these things would so be intertwined together. And our response to them and our approach to these types of people should be well understood that there is a proper way to do and not to do it. Um, so this man, Demetrius, he had a, a uh, reputation of integrity. The person that you saw Demetrius to be behind the scenes was the same person he was in front of everyone else. Uh, I, he's just a genuine person. I, I'm telling you, I've met some people who appear to be genuine. I mean, they're just people, persons. But in reality, they're, they're, what tells me that they're not genuine is when you get them around different people that have more commonalities with them than others, they're glued right to them, like, you know, like, uh, like a magnet. And um, uh, a genuine person is I'm treating others equally, no matter who they are. Uh, I, I'm not just putting up an artificial front, a smile on my face. I'm not appearing to be somebody who I'm not. This is who I am. And who is the person that we are to be seen as? A person who is walking in truth and in love. A person who's obeying God as a result of that. And so, a person of integrity. Uh, this man had a good report of men. Philippians 3, verse 17, the word of God says, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk as ye have us for an example. The word of God does not tell us that we are to create people to be a role model for, for us that we're following them before God. 
But when somebody is following God first, they're imitating God. What the book of Philippians is telling us, Paul is telling us, is that they, those people are worthy of following also. If they're imitating God and you're seeking to imitate them, you're imitating God himself. Amen? Again, the, the idea is not to be said that we become perfect people, but the goal should always be to imitate, uh, to imitate God. Uh, to be, as we've been talking about in our men's class, a person who is measuring ourselves by God himself, uh, according to the stature of Christ himself. Uh, we, we'll always fall short of the glory of God, but we're seeking to measure ourselves up as he is, become as he is, as he is holy, so we are to be holy. Uh, a, a 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, the word of God says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Paul himself said, you know, uh, I, am doing, I am obeying the Lord and serving the Lord. I've given my life to the Lord. Uh, if you can, can't follow anybody else, follow that reputation which I'm leaving for you to love God, to walk in truth, to obey the Lord to the best of your ability. And um, uh, so he was a man of good, uh, uh, he had a good report of men. And secondly, he had a good report of the word. Uh, in verse 12, the Bible says, Demetrius hath good report of all men and of the truth itself, or the truth we would know to be the word of God. The word of God uh, and Demetrius's life were consistent in parallel with one another. He consistently lived in obedience to God. He, with, without any doubt, this was the type of person that you, you know was living in obedience to Christ to the best of his ability. A person of consistency. If there's one thing uh, I've learned as a pastor, that there are some, uh, some things within the Christian life as a Christian leader that I just simply need to be able to be consistent in. Um, and, and that's all directly connected to the reputation of both Gaius and Demetrius. Gaius was one who was found as walking in truth. He was one in verse 5, the Bible says, Thou doest faithfully. He was a faithful individual, faithful to others, just the same. Remember, Jesus Christ said of, uh, was said of him that he did not come to this earth to be ministered unto, but to minister. He did not come to become a diatrophies within the church. He did not come to correct and, and solve all the problems for mankind, although he did, but that's not why he came. The Bible tells us that the very reason why Christ came to this earth was to minister to us, not to be ministered unto, to minister to us. And the ministering to us was in such a way and in such a way of showing us his love, an agape love, a self-giving, sacrificial love. Uh, the miracles was only part, a portion of that love, but that was not why he came. The, 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 one, the great and miraculous words which he spoke were only just a portion and a picture of his love, but that was not why he came. The reason why he did all those things was that others would understand his love and why he came. Amen? This is, this is uh, the, the, the good report of Jesus Christ. And, and really, Demetrius is lifted up in such a way he's worthy of following because he's imitating God. So he's a worthy man to imitate yourself. The complete opposite of Diotrephes. Of course, we see John now closing this letter. And he closes it in the same fashion that he did in the book of 2 John. And um, says, I have so many more things which I can say to you. But I know that, and I desire and intend to see you face to face. And it is then that I'll say the rest of those things. Can I just add another caveat in here? There's no better way to say something than directly to somebody's face. Amen? You can write letters all day, and, and John autographed his letter, but hey, uh, at the end of the day, um, speak, speak face to face. This, Gaius was a, was a um, 
person who could be spoken face to face and he would speak face to face of others as a person of love and of truth. Demetrius just the same. But it was Diotrephes who was just the opposite. It was he who, who carried lies. It was he who was not walking in truth. It was he who did not carry a, a reputation of love. And he was not worthy of an example to, to all Christians. And so we, we come again full circle now. This reputation. Do we have a reputation of walking in truth and in love? Do we, are we known by others to be walking in truth and love? That is, that we're obeying God. We're seeking to imitate God and therefore worthy of others imitating us.